Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Hagiga has been dedicated in memory of Hacham Raful Muhaddeb Ben Garaz and Marie Muhaddeb Bat Jamile. Ruah Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Elion Amen. Dedicated by Dr. Isaac and Lily Mahadev Hashem Ishmirim Vihayim Amen. Today's daf is being studied the Ilun Nishmat Yosef Ben Arlin Shiniftar Bikitsur Yamin Vishanim Ruwa Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen. Dedicated by Morris Mystery and Sons. Today's daf is being studied in the Nishmat Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihanu began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied in the Nishmat Amanoah Shaniftan Bekitsun Yamim Vishanim Ezra ben Tune Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihanu began Eden. Betihi Nishmato Tsinura Besura Hayim. Amen. We begin today's daf on Gimal Amud Lishon. And we are four lines from the top. Just to review. Where we're holding in this sugya. In the last piece, we concluded that there is two types of heresh. There was a heresh, she'enu shomeya ve'enu medaber, that he doesn't hear, also he doesn't talk, a deaf mute. This person over here is exempt from all the mitzvot in the Torah. However, you have a heresh, she'enu shomeya, but he's medaber. Oh, medaber. Either or. So the Mishnah, according to the revised version of it, said that when it comes to the mitzvah of Simcha, that's the Shalmeh Simcha of the holiday, he's Hayav. However, when it comes to the mitzvah of Re'iyah, even if he's a Shomeyah, or a Medaber, he is Patur. So what we have to understand in the beginning of today's Gemara is what's the difference? Why when it comes to Re'iyah, you're saying that he is Patur. If you tell me that a Shomeyah, Ve'enu Medaber, or Medaber, he's Hayab in certain things. You see, he's Hayab in Simcha. So then the Chara should be Hayab in the Mitzvah of Re'iyah as well. So the Gemara says, Umay Shina De'anyan Simcha De'mehaybeem. What's the reason why the Anyan Simcha is going to be Hayab? So the Gemara says, Huh? What's the reason? And why by answers? from the Mitzvah took place every seven years. The Jewish people would come up after the holiday of Sukkot and they would go up to Yerushalayim and the king from Malchai Yehuda would give a dirashah to Am Yisrael what does it say by Hakel? Dikhtiv Hakel etaam ha'anashim ve'hanashim ve'ataf who went up to Hakel? men, women and children Uchtiv and furthermore it says by Hakel bevo kol Yisrael when all the Jewish people would go up Let's get the right word there. Lidaot, to be seen. So therefore we have the word Lidaot, to be seen by Hakel. And we have the word, Shadosh Pamim Bashana, Yirae Kozechonecha. 
So we're going to say that just like by the mitzvah of Hakil, a cheresh eno medaber, or cheresh eno shomeya, or medaber, he just can't hear, he's just deaf, we're going to say he's patur from Hakil. So whoever is patur from Hakil, we're going to make a gizinah shomeya to say he's patur from mitzvah of Riyah as well, because of the gizinah shomeya. The question is, how do we know he's patur from Hakil? So the Gemara says, "Vihata minala." How do you know by Akel that he's indeed patur? Dechtiv lemaran yishmeu ulmaran yilmedu. What's the purpose of going up to Akel in order to hear and in order to learn? There was shiurim given by the hachamim during the mitzvah Akel. It was like a big seminar where all Ami say would go uh, together and learn. So the Gemara says, "Betanya lemaran yishmeu." What do we learn from the words lemaran yishmeu? That's coming to exclude a person that although he can speak, but he cannot hear. He's exempt. Because the person says, So a person who cannot hear is exempt from the mitzvah of Akel. What does it teach us about the mitzvah of Akel? should learn, That's the other way. The mitzvah is coming to tell me that even though a person can hear, but if he cannot speak, he already is exempted from the ma'an yilmedu. So therefore at this point the Gemara has found a source to poter both a shomeya ve'eno medaber or a medaber ve'eno shomeya by hakel. Once we find it by hakel and it says by hakel lira'ot and it says by mitzvah v'riyah yira'eh gezerah shabbat, they're exempt over there, they're exempt uh, by the iyah itself. Now, you could ask a question and say, hold it, already if you're making a kashim between Hakil and Ri'iyah, Hakil, the ladies are obligated. And we know, we learned in our Mishnah, Hakol Hayavim Bir'iyah, Nashim. So, over there, the answer is we have a Bifirush Pasuk to exclude ladies. Because the Pasuk says, Jira'eko Zechurecha. So, Tosafot says. So, if have Bifirush exclusion, Hakel's not going to bring it back in. By Cheresh Eno Shomeya, or Medaber Eno Shomeya, or Shomeya Eno Shomeya, or anything explicit, so therefore we can bring him into the Hayu because of the Gizrash Shavah of Re'iyar Iyah from Hakel. But now the Gemara has to question this Dirasha. I understand the Ma'an Yishmi'u. Yishmi'u teaches us the guy who goes has to be able to hear. So if he doesn't hear, he can't go. But the Ma'an Yilmedu. What did we learn from the Ma'an Yilmidu in Hakel? That somebody who is a mute is exempt. Implying that if a person cannot speak, he can't learn. Because what is the Ma'an Yilmidu? In order he should go learn. So the Kabbalah is going to ask the obvious question. What do you mean? Just because a person cannot speak, but he can hear. Why should he be exempt? The Ma'an Yilmidu. People that can't talk still are able to learn. Why should that be an exemption? So the Gemara says, Lememra, Dechilo Mishta'e, Lo Gamar. Do you mean to tell me that somebody that can't speak can't learn? Beha, we have a story. Hanehu Tre Illeme. There were two mute people. Behavu Bishibbute Drabi. They lived in the neighborhood of Rabbi Wakadosh. Bene Barte Drabi Yohanan bin Gudgoda. They were the grandchildren of Rabbi Yohanan. The Amri Lehu, and some say Bene Ahte, the Rabbi Yohanan. Some say it was his nephews. The Cholema Tava Ayil Rabbi Lebe 
any time the bee would enter the Beit Midrash, Havu Ailevi Yetve Kamayu. They would sit right in front of the Beru HaKadosh, and they would nod their head as they were listening to the Shur, as if they were understanding what was being said, and their lips were moving, as if, well, they couldn't speak out loud, they couldn't talk, but their lips were moving when the Beru HaKadosh was saying the Shur. Rabbi prayed for them that they should become healed. And they got healed. Once again, they were able to speak. And it was found. They knew everything. They knew all the Midrashim, they knew the entire Talmud. So, what do you see in the story? That even though somebody might not be able to talk, he's still able to learn. So therefore we want to understand this derash that you made by Akil. Leman Yishmeru. What do you mean, Leman Yishmeru? I understand that he has to hear. And then you said, Ulman Yilmedu. After you're able to learn. Who's that including? Who's that excluding? A mute guy. Why? A mute person can learn. As evident in the story over here. Now just a... Uh, Sabdirashot on this uh, story over here, the Mefarshim say, and the Benish High brings it down, that these two Elemim that we say in this story over here were actually the Gilgul of Eldad Umedad. Eldad Umedad, it says, were those prophets that were prophesizing in the Mahane, and they prophesied that Moshe met the Yoshua Machnis, right? And as a result, Yoshua Benun got upset that they were prophesied that Moshe Rabbeinu was going to die. So Yoshua Benun told Moshe Rabbeinu, Adoni Moshe Kilaim. Now the word Kilaim is the Otiyot Keilim. So already this is the curse from Yoshua Benun came true in the Gilgul of Eldad Umedad. Now the Benish Chai says that if you take the first letters of Eldad, it's Aleph Lamed. And the first letters of Medad is Mem Yud, which is Otiyot, Illim, Illimeh. Hanehu Illimeh. Eldad, Medad. And therefore you see, the curse came from Yeshua. Ah, with this we understand now why. Dafkar Abiru Kadosh was the one that <coughs> cured him. Because the Achamim tell us that Abiru Kadosh was Bibhinat Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore it makes sense that everybody came back around in order to make the Tikkun. Furthermore, it's clear why they sat in front of Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Because the Hakamim say that when one sits in front of his rabbi, not only is he able to uh, see or hear his rabbi better, but he's able to see the gestures that the rabbi makes. And then with these Ilamim, uh, they wanted every advantage in order to understand exactly what the rabbi was saying, being that they had their uh, handicap. So that's why it says they sat in the kamet. They sat in front in order to get every uh, gesture that the rabbi was making. And now we know why Rabbi Rakadosh prayed for them. Because since the Ayn Yaakov writes, he saw that they were so diligent in studying the Torah, even with the handicap, he said they deserve to get a Nifu'a But what do you see from this episode again? That even though Salih is mute, has the ability to learn. Amar Morzutra, so the Gemara says, Ramuzah says, Kari be, read it the following way, Leman Yelamedu. 
which means read the word yilmedu which means they have the ability to teach oh now we know why a mute is exempt because even though mute has the ability to learn but he doesn't have the ability to give it over after all he doesn't have dibur and that's the exemption leman yishmiru exempts a person that cannot hear leman yilamedu karibe will exempt somebody that cannot give it over who's that? a mute so comes Gibran says, Rav Ashe Amar Vadai Leman Yilamedu Haba. Says, for sure you have to say this Dirasha. He's saying, I'm going to prove it to you that this Dirasha that you're saying Leman Yilamedu is, is necessary. Why? The is Salgadatak Leman Yilmedu, because if you're going to read it the regular way, Leman Yilmedu, and what's, what's the Dirasha saying? The Dirasha is saying, Bechevan Delo Mishta'eh. Logamar, and you're telling me like this, that a person that cannot talk, cannot learn, and someone that cannot hear, cannot learn, I learned that already from the Ma'an Yishmi'u, which means, what does the Ma'an Yishmi'u teach me? Somebody that cannot learn is exempt from the Iyah. Now, you don't have to limit it to somebody who's deaf, anybody who cannot learn, including somebody that is mute. So therefore, if Leman Yishmi'u is teaching me somebody that cannot learn, what do I need Leman Yishmi'u for? Leman Yishmi'u is teaching me somebody that cannot learn. Well, I learned that already from Leman Yishmi'u. Which means don't minimize Leman Yishmi'u to only a deaf person. Learn it in its general understanding. What is Leman Yishmi'u's point teaching me? Somebody that has the ability to learn. As a matter of fact, Tosafot learns the word Yishmi'u, doesn't need to hear necessarily. Shema means to understand, to grasp, to comprehend. And therefore, the Ma'an Yishmi'u is teaching me what? You got to be able to comprehend and understand. So who is that exempt? Not only a deaf person, but that would exempt also a mute. So therefore, the Ma'an Yishmi'u is automatically extra. And you have to say that really the Ma'an Yishmi'u is coming to exempt just the deaf person, because he cannot hear. Ah, and really a mute person shouldn't be exempt because a deaf, a mute person can learn. Oh, so what is the second part of the Pasuk to be read? The mute is only exempt, not because he can't learn. Because he cannot teach. He says, Therefore, for sure, it's the man yilamedu. Okay, I would read Rashi now, the Buddha Matheel. The Isal Kadatach. If you're going to tell me that the Pasuk is supposed to be read like we learned it, Yishmi'u is for the deaf guy, Yilmidu is for the mute guy, and the common denominator between both, both the Rashot is the deaf guy can't learn and the mute guy can't learn. That's redundant. Next Rashi. If a guy can't hear, answer once when and we know the reason is because he can't learn. 
Why do we need another person to exclude A? Once already you're holding that a person who's mute also cannot learn, you can already exclude that from the man Really, I'll tell you that a person that is mute, really he's able to learn. And really he's going to be Hayav in the Mitzvah of Hakim. Oh, so why then you're exempting him? Oh, so you have to say that the man yilmedu is not ready yilmedu. We doresh the man yilmedu to exempt the mute person, not because he can't learn, because he cannot give it up. He cannot teach. Amar after home, new question, new situation. Mara says, "Heresh beosno achat." Patur Okay, he's deaf in one ear. He's not totally deaf. Totally deaf, we said already, he's exempt from the mitzvah of Re'iyah. Okay, how do we know totally deaf is exempt from uh, Re'iyah? Totally deaf, even though he's able to speak, we know that from Hakil. Remember the Derashote. That's only from Hakil. Just like Hakil is exempt, and we have the Pasuk that says Re'iyah by Hakil, it says Re'iyah by uh, the Mitzvah obviously, therefore we know regular Hiresh is exempt. Now we want to discuss Hiresh in one ear. What about that? So, so Shne'emar is exempt, how do we know? Because it says, Be'oznehim. Oh, by the Mitzvah Hakel. It says when they would go up to Yerushalayim, you have to speak the words of the Torah, Be'oznehim. Implying what? Both their ears. Implying if they don't have two functioning ears, Exempt. Oh, once they're exempt from Akeem, they're exempt from the Iyah. Oh, the Kabbalah says, what are you talking? V'ai be'ozneem mev'ele be'ozneem dechulu Yisrael. What do you mean? Be'ozneem, we're ready with Doresh already. Be'ozneem means that the, the king, when he gets up to speak, he has to speak in the ears of all B'nai Yisrael. Meaning it's not talking about specific ears of each individual. Be'ozneem means he has to speak in front of the throngs of people. So you cannot learn on the individual from Be'ozneem. No, no, we know that already. We know he has to speak in front of all the Jewish people because it says "menaked kol Yisrael" in front of all the Jewish people. No, I would say "menaked kol Yisrael." If I had that alone, I would even though they don't hear, meaning they all pile into the azara, and even the guys in the back, they are naked Yisrael, even though they can't hear. I would say it's okay. I mean, if it just said naked Yisrael, that just means they have to be there at the uh, assembly called Hakel. But who says after here? I mean, the guys in the back, maybe not going to hear. And that's when the person has to write, no, not only naked Kol Yisrael. You can have two things. You got to be naked Kol Yisrael, they have the ability to hear it. They who? They shamar. Right? They have to, uh, they have to hear it. So, what are you talking about? That we know already. Hearing it, we know already from the Pasuk we just said above, Lema'an, Yishme'u, that they have to hear it. Ah, oh, so what is Ozneheim coming to tell me? Ozneheim is coming to tell me two ears. So bottom line, the Rashav Ozneheim teaches me that only people with two functioning ears are Hayav to go to Trizat Akel, but Haresh Be'ozno Echad is Patur, Ozneheim, once he's Patur from Akel, he's Patur subsequently from Mizrah of Riyah. Now we go to the next case. Continues Amar Rabbi Tanhum. Next case. Hager Beraglo Ahat Patumar Iyah. 
a person that's lame in one leg is patu from re'iyah. Now we learned already in our Mishnah the case of a hager. Now we never discussed this. One leg, two legs. We explained, we assumed hager is total. He's lame. He can't walk. Now we discuss what about a one-legged? He can only walk on one leg. He's patu from the re'iyah. Shine'emar regalim. So they're making a derashah of a shalosh regalim, the Torah says. So the regalim is like reglayim. Right? He has to have legs. So if he's missing a leg, he's patur. The Gemara says, "Ha, regalim mivale prat de baale kabin." Regalim we used already to exclude somebody that doesn't have legs at all. He has just like uh, wooden legs, kabin. That already regalim. And maybe a person who has legs, he has one leg, so maybe he's chayav. The regalim comes to exclude baale kabin. Some of it has wooden legs. So the Gemara says, "Ha'um mipamim nafka." The Torah also uh, in the Perasha of the Regal, it also says Pe'amim, Shalosh Pe'amim Bashana, and Pe'amim the Gemara is going to teach us means could also be used in the terminology as footsteps, as walking. So therefore, Pe'amim comes to exclude people that don't have feet. Who's that? The Baale Kabim. Oh, so what did the Regalim come and tell me that he has that? Two functioning feet. Prat, lehiger, beregel ahad. Now how do you know that pe'amim means footsteps? Detanya, pe'amim. And pe'amim ela regalim. Which means when it says pe'amim, it means the legs of a person. Vechenu homer. Now the Gemara quotes two people who came to prove this. Tirmesena regel ragle ani. Okay, Pe'ameh Dalim in this Pasuk refers to the feet of the poor person. The Omer, we have a Pasuk in Shira Shirim. Mayafu Pe'amayich Bani'alim Bat Nadiv. How beautiful are your feet, Bani'alim in the shoes? Bat Nadiv, the daughter of the generous one. But you see again what? Pe'amim is referring to the legs of a person. And therefore, from Pe'amim, that knocks out, excluding people that don't have legs. That's Ba'alik Kabim. Also, what does the Galim come and teach me? Hager Beraglo Achat. Now the Gemara is going to make a Derasha on this first pursuit that we just quoted. Darash Rabah. My Dikhtiv. What does it mean when it says the pasuk? Mayafu pe'amayich bani'alim bat nadiv. Kama na'im raglehem shal Yisrael. How beautiful was it? The flags of Am Yisrael. Besha'ah she'olin raregel. When they used to go up to the Bet HaMikdash for the regel. Mayafu pe'amayich. How beautiful was the sight of the pilgrimage of all the Jewish people going up to Yerushalayim for the regel. Bat Nadiv, the daughter of the Nadiv. Who's the Nadiv? Bitosh of Abraham Abinu, Shinekra Nadiv. Which is, we are considered like the daughter of Abraham Abinu, and he is called the Nadiv. Nadiv is like a volunteer. Why is he the volunteer? Shneemar, Nadive Amim Esafu. All the volunteers from the nations came together. Am Elohe Abraham. The nation of Abraham. So the Gemara says, Elohe Abraham, Elohe Abraham, Elohe Yitzhak, Yaakov. What do you mean? These nations. 
to the nation of Abraham, but not the nation of Yitzhak and Yaakov, Ela Elohe Avram which is these nations that Yivei Amim is referring to all the volunteers of all the nations of the world that converted as a result of Abraham Abinu. So it's called Am Elohe Abraham. And therefore, they call it Bat Nadiv, because Avram was the first, so to speak, volunteer that came into the fold of religion. And he was the first monotheist in his time, therefore he's called the Bat Nadiv. Now the question is, what does this have to do with the Regal? Why would we refer to Ami and Simon going up to the Regal, refer them to as Bat Nadiv? So the Mefalshim point out, because Avraham Abinu was the first one to bring a Qurban in Harabayit. Which means when he did the Akedah Yitzhak. He went to the Harabayit, and instead of bringing Yitzhak, of course he brought the island instead, and therefore we refer to Bat Nadiv, Abraham Abinu, and also made uh, Aliyat Yerushalayim to the Makom Harabayit, and also to bring a Qurban, and we say it's called Bat Nadiv, he's the Nadiv, because he was the first one, he was Tahilal Gerim. He started the movement of bringing the people back uh, to the uh, Gerut, as we said. Good. Other Mepharshim explain over here, Shekemo she'azav Avraham et arso u'bet aviv, ken oleh ha'regel ozvim et batehem lekayem ratzon Hashem. Just like Abraham left his father's house, Lech Lecha Marzecha, he went on a pilgrimage. So too, the Oled Galim, they're leaving their homes and they're going up to Yerushalayim, so therefore we consider it Bat Nadiv, that's the comparison between uh, the Oled Galim and Avraham Abinu. In any event, what are we learning over here? That a Pa'amim uh, means legs, and therefore we have two Dinashot, Shalosh Pa'amim Bashana, Shalosh Regalim, each one exams different uh, people. Comes together and gives another dinasha. Amar of Kana, Darash, Rabnatam, Barmin Yomi Mishum, Rabitan Homai Dichtiv, the Aborek in Bomayim. This person was written by Yosef. When they threw Yosef into the pit, it says the pit was empty, there was no water. Now that's redundant. So the Gemara says, The fact that it says the board is wrecked, I know there's no water, it says wrecked. It's because, There was no water in the pit, but there were snakes and scorpions in the pit. Now the Ramban says that the brothers did not know that. So otherwise, why would they throw him in? The purpose of throwing Yosef in the pit was, in order, to, the event to throw him in the pit was, to save him from the, uh, from the brothers. So why would he throw him into a pit if there was uh, snakes, if he knew there were snakes and scorpions? I have to say that he did not know there were snakes and scorpions, but there indeed was. Now there's an interesting on the Vilna over here. He says that all this is Mirumaz and the Pesukim themselves. Because if you look at the Pasuk, it says, Vaborek en bo mayim. The next Pasuk says, Vayeshevu ha'achim le'echol. So the brothers sat down to eat. So the word Vayeshevu can be read, Vayesh bo. Now the ta'am, the cantillation on top of the word Vayeshevu is the zareka. A zareka is in the shape of a snake. So therefore the next word is Vayesh bo nahash. So you can read it straight, Vaborek en bo mayim, Vayesh bo nahash. So the Pasuk itself is alluding to this, uh, the Rasha itself. The Ba'alei Musar say on this Gemara that the cavity of the human mind is also like a bore. It's also like an empty, hollow cavity. 
However, the Gemara is telling us that the brain is not a vacuum. The person thinks, okay, his brain, you can, it's going to be empty from Torah. But then nothing else will go in. Doesn't work that way. If a person's brain is not going to be occupied with the spiritual waters of Torah, automatically, the snakes and scorpions, which means all the Tum'ah and all the other things of the Yetzirah are going to fill it in. A person shouldn't think, okay, I just don't have Torah in my mind, but uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, nothing else is going in. No, it's either one or the other. It's either Mayim Yeshbo, but if there's no Mayim, there's going to be Nahashim, Nakrabim. Comes Gabbara and says, Tarana we have a Braita. They went to visit Rabbi Yoshua in the city of Pekin. The Fashim explained that this was on the holiday, and we know there's a mitzvah to visit the Tamir Hakam, the rabbi, on the holiday, so they went to Agbil Pener Abu Badegin. So he says, Yeshua tells them, What was the Hadush they said in the Midrash? Says, Husband Shalom, we're your students, we drink from your Torah. We're going to say uh, the Vray Torah in front of you? You say something. Even so, can't be that to be a Hadush in the Bet Midrash. Every time somebody goes to the Bet Midrash, there's a Hadush. He gave him permission, so to speak. Say, say something. So he asked him, Shabbat Shalmi Haida. Whose Shabbat was it? If you remember, we learned the Masih al-Barachot and Chafchet, that when Rabbi al-Azab bin Azab became the Nasi, and then they brought back the original Nasi, the Ban so they made a rotation system, that the Ban was Doresh three times, and Rabbi al-Azab was Doresh one time. So the question always was, Shabbat Shalmi, who was the speaker? Who spoke Shabbat? Who, who was up? Was it Rabbi al-Azab's week, or was it the Ban Gamliel's week? So Rabbi Yeshua said, Shabbat Shalmi Haida, whose Shabbat was it? So they said, Shabbat Shalmi bin Azar bin Azar Yaita. Shabbat Shalmi Azar. Ubama Ita Haggada Hayyum. And what was the derash? What was his topic? Amru Lobe Parashat Akil. Parashat Akil he spoke about. Uma Darashba. And what did he say? So you see, the students were very hesitant. They didn't want to say the derashat until actually the Yusuf pulled it out of them. Who was the speaker? They just answered, Rabbi Azar. What was the topic? Hakel. Uh, what did he say? So you see, they had such respect until they got explicit permission from Rabbi Yoshua to continue. They didn't want to say anything in front of the rabbi. So he says, so the, rabbi, the students finally said the following. What's the matter? Hakel ita'am ha'anashim ve'anashim ve'ataf. So the rabbi was Doresh, right? He gathered the men, the women, and the children. I understand what the men have to go for. The men go to learn. After all, men are obligated in the study of Torah. Okay, the ladies, they're coming to hear. Which means they're not obligated to learn, ladies. Tosfot says that this Gemara obviously is not going like Ben Azai. Ben Azai says ladies have an obligation to study Torah as well. But no, here we see clearly not like that. Dear words of Musar, or to hear different mitzvot that might apply to them. But the Bil Azar bin Azariah's question in the Dirash that day was, why do the children have to come? I understood the men, they're learning. The ladies, they're listening. But uh, what are the children? The children only disturb. 
not going to make noise. So the Gemarai said, Kedeli ten sachar in order to give reward to the ones that are bringing them. Uh, what does this mean? In order to give rewards to the ones that are bringing them. So there's different interpretations. The simple interpretation might be as follows. A person has to go to Akiat Yerushalayim. His wife has to go to Yerushalayim. And every man and every woman have to go to Yerushalayim. What are they going to do with the kids? Are they leave the kids home alone? They have no choice but to bring the kids. So therefore, Morei Olam says, you bring them anyway, now I'm going to give you a commandment. You have to bring them. At least you'll get sakhar for it. Something that you're doing anyway. Give them reward anyway. That's one interpretation. We'll say another interpretation based on the response of Rabbi Yoshua. Amar lehem, when Rabbi Yoshua heard such a hiddush, his margalit yitchem. He had such a pearl. What did I do? You had a pearl like this in your hands. And you didn't want to tell it to me? You wanted not to, you didn't want me to hear this hadush? So the Mepharshim, the Ben Yishai over here says, a beautiful dirasha. Why was the Yishua all excited from such a, uh, such a hadush? So he says like this. What Rabbi Al-Hazal was really saying was, why do you bring the children back in? They don't understand anything. But he says that Yadua, the children have a neshama. And even though they might not understand it in their brain, but the neshama absorbs all the Devre Torah, and it affects them. And they become better off when they get older, because of those derashot of the Devre Torah that they hear when they're young. And that's what is Kedeli Ten Sachalim Bi'ehin. The reward that those that bring their children to Akel is, that their children will grow up to become Tabidah Hakamim. That's the reward, which is the greatest renewal for the children, even though they might not comprehend it. So why did the Yeshua get all excited? Because the Mishnah Perkei Avot says, that the Yeshua bin Hananiah, when the Hanan, his rabbi, praised the Yeshua, his student, he said, Fortunate is the one that raised him, his mother. Why? Because the Gemara says that Yoshua's mother used to take the cradle when he was a baby and bring it in the Bet Midrash. Just in order for him to hear the words of the Bnei Torah. So the Yoshua says, I'm a product of this Hiddush. This was my mother was doing this when I was a child. I never knew this. I caught from the Torah. So he says, Bargalit such a Out of all people, you're not going to tell to me. I'm the one that they say, I'm the one that the mother brought the child to the Bet Midrash. Now you tell me it's a, it's a Torah concept. And therefore you see the Tosafot says in the bottom, Va'azeh ketanim From here we have the Minhag. We bring children to the Beit HaKeneset. Why? Even though they can't pray, even though they don't understand the derasha, so long as they're not disturbing, the pshan is that the Torah, the Tefillah, does go into their neshama, they are affected positively by it. Comes the Gemara, continues, V'od Darash. He gave another derasha. Some say, this is Rabbi Al-Azhar, Ben Azhariyah, they continue giving them more derashot. Et Hashem He'emarta Hayom. Which means, you gave a praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, V'ashem And God, in turn, praised Am Yisrael. Amar dem HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael, Atem asituni hativa hat You made me a praise by calling me one. Zibrei said we praise God by calling him one. V'ani yaseh etchem hativa hat So God says, I'm also going to praise you by saying, 
you're only one as well. Atem hasituni hatimah hat ba'olam nechtiv shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. We praise the Lord by saying and announcing His oneness. Vani, I said chem hatimah hat ba'olam, and I'm going to make you a praise that you're one to Neymar. Umi chamecha Yisrael goy Echad ba'ares. Right, so therefore there's uh, compliments being sent back and forth. We're calling a God Ehad, and he calls us Ehad. The Tav Tosafot says, We have three witnesses, Yisrael, Shabbat, V'Kadosh Baruch Hu. Yisrael, V'Kadosh Baruch Hu, Mi'idim, Ala Shabbat, Juyom, Minuha. Which means, God and Am Yisrael, we testify that Shabbat is what? The day of rest. Yisrael v'shabbat al-Kadosh Baruch Hu shu ehad Which means, Yisrael in the Shabbat testify that God is one Ha-Kadosh Baruch Hu v'shabbat God with Shabbat testifies Yisrael shim yihidim b'omot That we're a singular nation The only nation Ba'aziz samkhin al-Omar And what do we say in Minhaf Shabbat? Atta ehad The Minhaf b'shabbat which means, even though the Chaurat has nothing to do with Shabbat, all of a sudden the Minhav Shabbat, we say, Atay Ahad, Veshimchai Ahad. Because that's the concept. Am Yisrael and Shabbat testify the oneness of God. And that's the, uh, of the Tefillah bin Haad, that's from the Midrash. Comes Gemara and says, Ve'af hu patah vedarash. According to Rashi again, this is also Rabbi Al-Azhar. Ben Azariah. Some say this is the Yoshua. It's Mahalot exactly who's saying the following, the Rasha. We have a pasuk, Devre Hakamim Kedirbonot. The words of the Hakamim are like Dirbonot, Uchmasmerot Nituim, and like nails. Nails, a metal nail that is planted, Ba'ale Asufot. Those are the ones that gather and collect. Natnu Miru'e Ehad was given from one shepherd. Now we'll see what this Pasuk means, part by part. Lama Nimshlu Devretor Darban. It says Devretorah Devrim ke Dirbonot. A Darban is the stick that's on the side of the animal and it has a point coming out of it. So anytime the animal turns it pricks the animal in its side, so it causes the animal to continue going straight. So the darban is a, uh, uh, a type of uh, rod that keeps the animal going in a straight line, so it doesn't turn from right to left. So the Gemara says, the words of Torah are like darbonot. So the Gemara says, Lomalecha, ma darban ze, mechavenet para. Just like this darban, it causes the ox to go straight in the furrows in order to bring life to the world. How does it bring life to the world? It plows the ground. Once it plows the ground, now the wheat starts to grow. So to the Torah, it directs a person that he should reach life. And he should veer away from the paths of death. What are the paths of death? That's the ways of the Yitzhara. And then it was the Averot. So the Torah keeps a person in line. So it's like a darban. It keeps a person from swaying to the right or to the left into pitfalls into the dangers of the world. That's the darbanot. So the Gebra says, wait, you're comparing it like a darban. Ima darban ze metaltel. Avdevre Torah metaltelin. So maybe you're going to tell me that just like the darban, 
can move, it's not uh, stationary, that man is a stick. The stick can move from place to place. So maybe you're going to tell me also the Torah is movable. What does that mean? As if the Torah can change. It's not uh, set. I mean, you could argue and say maybe, yeah, Torah changes with the times and things like that. That's what the end of the Pasuk says, Tabut Omar Masmerot. Well, the Torah is also compared to a, a nail. A nail that's placed into the wall is stationary. The Torah does not change. So the Gemara says, oh yeah, Imam Masmer Zehaser. But what does the Masmer do? When you knock it into the wall, part of the wall now is missing. Because you have to make the hole. Velo Yater, it doesn't add. On the contrary, a nail usually takes away from the wall. After Torah Hasirin Velo Yaterin, maybe you'll tell me that when a person commits his life to study Torah, maybe his Panasah becomes Haser and not Yater. It's referring to the Parnassah. Just like a nail. You put the nail on the wall, Torah is compared to a nail. It's stationary. But what? The nail is lacking. So maybe those people that commit themselves to Torah, they're going to be Haser. They're not going to have Parnassah. They're not going to have what they exist on. And they're not going to have Beracha. Tamud Omar Netu'im. It's like a nail that's planted. Why would the, the Pasukis are planting? Just like when you plant something, it flourishes after the Torah yes when a person studies Torah he will add the, the money will come now it refers to those that are studying Torah those that are gathering it's referring to the groups of that they learn in groups. They don't learn alone, but they learn Mahabura. Uh, they learn together. So comes the Gemara and says, Halalu mitamein, valalu mitahalin. Halalu oslin, valalu matirin. Halalu posin, valalu makshirin. During the limud, you always have two sides. Some of the people in the group say, Some say, no, it's tahor. And each one brings proofs to their uh, reasoning. One says mutar, one says asur. Correct? One says... Um, right, basu, one says kasher, one says asur, one says mutar. Right? So the Gemara says... Shemi yomar adam, heach ani lamed Torah. How am I going to learn Torah? There's so many opinions. How can I uh, synthesize or digest each opinion? Is it mutar? Is it asur? I can't follow everything. From now, it was all given from one shepherd, which means all the opinions have validity. Now, you cannot follow all the opinions, but each opinion, each sevara on its own was given by Moshe Nabenu at Ar Sinai. El Ehad Natnan, it was given by one God. Panas Ehad Amran, one leader that Moshe Rabbeinu said it over. Mepi Adon Kola Maasim Baruchu, Dichtiv, Vaydaber Elohim, Et Kola Devrim Ha'ele. Afata, so you too, Aseh Oznecha Ka'afar Keset, make your ear like an Afar Keset. What is that? Remember we learned in the millstone, the millstone had a very wide hole on top where you would throw the kernels of wheat inside. And then on the bottom was narrow and the wheat would go in one at a time. So they're saying like a funnel. Make your ear like a funnel, meaning get all the information. Here, 
לדברי המטמאים. Hear what the Metaharin say. Hear the words of the Matirim. Hear the words of the Machines. Get all the information. Digest it all. Vekne lecha lev mevin lishmawa et devre metameim vetevre metarin vetevre osim vetevre matirin vetevre posim vetevre makshirin. Which means, and then what? Come out with the halakha. Which means, at the end, the narrow part is bottom line. Which means, don't be uh, worried that there's many opinions. There's different sabarot, how to look at it. And each sabarot itself is Torah. But you can only follow one halakha. So therefore, don't say, how am I going to follow this Torah? I can't, I can't be matir and osir in the same halakha. No, they're not obligated to do that. Aseot dechak afarkeset. It's all different from Hashem. Don't think there's two Torah. It's all from one God, from one Panas. Digest it all. And then come out with the, with the bottom line. So now when the Biyoshua, when he heard all these derashot of Rabbi Azar, this is good when he heard this, he said, The generation is not considered orphaned, so long as Rabbi Azar bin Azariah is in it. Which means, a generation to be orphaned means doesn't have leaders. Just like a family is considered an orphaned family. If the father is not there, it's considered the mishpahat yatom, hasushalom. So to a generation is considered yatom if there's no father of the generation. So the Yeshua said, endor yatom. The generation is not yatom so long as the bin azam and azariah is shalui betuchot. He was impressed by the, the leadership, by the devet Torah, by the hadushim. From uh, Rabbi Azad, Rabbi Yishev was old. He was giving the, the compliment to Rabbi Azad and Azariah. So the Gemara says, We're going back to that story. Why when the rabbis went to visit Rabbi Yishev, they were hesitant. Why did they just go straight and tell him uh, straight when he asked? Now, what's the Hadush today? So they gave a whole introduction. Tabidichem anachnu, mepichem anachnu chayim. Just give them the Hadush straight. What are they uh, hesitating? V'libru lebehedya. Mishum ma'aseh she'ayah. Because of another story that happened. Detanya, we have a story. Ma'aseh b'rbi Yosef b'durbaskit. Rabbi Yosef. Shalach l'agbil p'neir b'l'azar b'lod. He went to visit b'l'azar in Lod. Chavrat, that was on the holiday as well. Agbil p'nei araf. Amar lo, ma hadush yeh b'bet ha-midrash ayyum? So, Rabbil Azar asked the Yosein, what's the hadush today in b'bet ha-midrash? Amar le, nimnu v'gamru. The rabbis voted, and they came to a conclusion. Amon u'mu'av ma'asrin ma'asir ahani b'shivirit. Let's just give an introduction to understand this halakha. We know that every year of the Shemitah cycle, there's different ma'asrot that have to be given. In the first, in the second, in the fourth, in the fifth years, the farmer has to give what's called ma'asir sheni. In the third and the sixth year, he gives ma'asir ani. That's 10% tax they give to the poor people. That's an Eretz Yisrael proper. However, there was the land of Ammon and Moab, which was on the eastern side of the Jordan, Transjordan area. That's where the area that Moshe Rabbeinu conquered in his lifetime. Now, he annexed it into Eretz Israel, and therefore there was Kedushat Shivirit in Transjordan. However, when the Jewish people went into exile, and they came back at the time of 
the Galut Babel, when it ended, so they reconquered Eretz Yisrael, and they re-sanctified all the cities of Eretz Yisrael. However, the Oleh Babel did not re-sanctify Amon and Moab. Why? Because if Amon and Moab would remain Miktushat Eretz Yisrael, they had the laws of Shemitah. They had the laws of Shemitah, so everything is Hefker. What the rabbis wanted was that there should be a place that the Aniyim should be able to get food guaranteed during the Shemitah year. In Israel, everything is Hefker. After a while, they run out of food. However, when they came back from Babel, they said, you know what, Amona, we're not re-sanctifying it. We're keeping it in its fallow state, in its unholy state. Because the Kiddushah that Moshe Rabbeinu put on it was only temporary. So therefore, when they went into exile, the Kiddushah went off. Olem Babel specifically left it unholy. Why? Now there's no Shemitah in Amon and Moab. And therefore what? The Ma'asud have to be given. So and the rabbis made a takana. Which Ma'asud is going to be given that year? Ma'asud Ani. Why? So the Ani will know that don't worry in the 70. The 70, you always know you can get your 10%. Go to Hamon and Moab. If they would have kept it Shemitah, there's no Ma'asud. So therefore, this was already the Hiddush. Because really, they should have made it Ma'asud Shani. Because in the 60 year already was Ma'asud Ani. You don't have back to back years. But Dafka, they made two years in a row Ma'asud Ani on the side of the Jordan, in order that Anim have a place to go get their entitlements. Very good. So that's what they decided in the Bet Midrash. So he's telling Rabbi Yosef, Hadush, this is what they said in the years. He's telling Rabbi Hazar, Rabbi Yosef telling Rabbi Hazar, this is what they decided. Amar no. Rabbi Hazar was upset. He says, Yosef, Peshot Yadecha, open your hands, Vekabel Aidecha, and receive your eyes. Which means he blinded him. Now some explain the word Vikibel means literally he opened his head, his eyeballs fell out. His eyes fell out, so he went blind. Some explain the word Vikibel is Aramaic for darkness. The Targum in Parashat Bo, when it says Hoshik Afela, he explains Hoshik Afela as Kabel. So therefore Kabel is darkness. And therefore he was telling him, open your hands, the Kabel, which is put your hands over your eyes. And you should go dark. Why would he get so angry in a fool? What was the problem over here? So the explanation is, based on what we just said. When he came into the rabbi, the rabbi said, what was the hadush? Right away he told him, eh, this is what they said. In the other story, what did the rabbi say? No, hasbe shalom, we're your students. We're not worthy to say hadushi. We drink from your Devlet uh, Torah. And therefore, when they saw this episode over there, they went right into the Hadush, that the Biyos, they went straight into the Hadush without giving the introduction. Even though he asked them, Hadush, you haven't been to He didn't hesitate. So he said, this was like a lack of respect. This was as if he's being Moriah Halakha before Rabbo. As if he's saying Halakha in front of his rabbi. So therefore, he was. Uh, they learned a the lesson. That's why they hesitated when they came to the story of the Biyos. Rabbi Yoshua and Pekirin. Bakar Bir Azar. After the Bir Azar saw what happened to the Biyose, he was angry at him, but he felt bad. So he started to cry. Why did he cry? In Tefillah, because he wanted to heal him. The Vedish High says that the tears in Tefillah are very, very uh, beneficial to, mit, uh, to make me took a dinim. 
to sweeten the judgment on a person. So he got himself to cry so the tears will maybe bring back his eyesight. The Amar saw the shame that they have. The secrets are revealed to those that fear God. Which means, which we're going to see in the Gemara now, Rabbi Al-Azhar was going to say, listen, already this halakha was around from the times of the Anshikris, the Gidula. So you vote today in the Bet Midrash, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't vote anything. But okay, Baruch Hashem, the secrets of, of God, those that fear, you came out with the right conclusion. So therefore, you're not wrong in the halakha, but... We don't need your, your vote. We don't need your, uh, you know, halakha. Why? Amar lo, lech emor lahem, go tell them, atahushu leminyanchem. Don't worry about the vote that they took today. Kak mekubelani mirabbanyu halam ben zakai, sheshama mirabbo, mirabbo mirabbo, hezekhita le moshe misinai, amor umu'av, ma'asrin ma'asir ani b'shemiyait. Finished. That it's a very alakam of Sinai, Amon and Mohab give Ma'asir Ani. Mata'am, why? Harbe Kirachim Kavshu Ode Misraim. A lot of cities, when the Jewish people came out of Misraim, that's Dona Midbar, when they went into Israel, they conquered a lot of cities, and every city that they conquered, including the cities in the Transjordan, they sanctified them. Velo Kavshu Ode Babel. But when the Ode Babel came from the second exile, they did not reconsecrate them. And therefore, that Kiddushah was temporary. And therefore, when they were exiled, the Kiddushah went off. So therefore, when Olim Babel came back, they specifically left areas in Amon and Moab unconsecrated, unkadosh. Why? In order the Anim will rely on it during the Shemitah. You see the Gemara to speak to Sal, because if in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu everything remained Kadosh, there's nothing to talk about. So whatever they came back, everything was Kadosh. It's not so. Everything was Kadosh until the exile. Once the exile came, everything went back to becoming whole. Whatever had to reconsecrate so of that. A good idea. Let's not reconsecrate parts of Amun and Moab to keep it non-shimitah observant we're going to make a tikkun to keep ma'asir ali over there so the ali will come to the place to eat tana after bin azar he was settled amal yirason shi'ahziru inay yoseh limkoman let the eyes of Yoseh go back to their place. The Gemara says, Behazru. And they went back, he got his eyesight back. Comes the Gemara and continues, We learned in the Mishnah, one of the people exempt from the mitzvah of Re'iyah uh, is a Shoteh. Somebody that's uh, out of his mind. So the Gemara says, Ezu Shoteh. What was considered a Shoteh? Somebody that goes out alone at night. In uninhabited areas. We're not talking about he walks in the middle of the street. He walks in places where there's no people. That's a crazy person. Or somebody goes, he sleeps in the cemetery at night, Rashid says. Or somebody that rips his garments. Crazy man, he just rips his clothes. Now, from this Gibarat's mashma, one of these three things already can determine a person to be a shote. He's got to do all of them. Now, Bivata doesn't mean simultaneously. 
Which means until you see he did all these three things, you cannot know that he's a shoteh. Rabbi Yohanan Amar Afidu Be'achatmehim. Rabbi Yohanan is even one of them. Three times. And you need a hazakah. So the mahlokit between Rabbi Yohanan Afidu Be'achatmehim. Yohanan says, one of these three items were done three times, hazakah, the guy's a shoteh. Rabbi Yohanan says, no, no, no. You need him to do at least one time each one of these items to be ma'azikim as a shoteh. So the governor analyzes this case. Which is if the guy is doing it in a shetut manner, which you can tell the guy is a shetut, you see the guy is uh, crazy. Even one of these items are enough, if he does it three times, should be an indication that he's crazy. And if you don't see him doing it in a direct when you see he's doing it, he's doing it for a reason. Even if he did all three of them. Which is, we give it a saying, if he's a shoteh, he's showing it that he's a shoteh, even one of these items three times should be enough. And if he's not doing a derech shetut, even all three should not be enough. He's really doing it as a derech shetut. But what? So the guy's going sleeping in the cemetery. I can answer, I can say, I know why he's sleeping in the cemetery. I'll say that maybe he's doing it because he wants to get the Tum'ah on him in order to do some Kishuf. In the olden days, the way they would do black magic, they would have to get Tum'ah on their uh, bodies. Where would they get the Tum'ah? From the cemetery. So they were, it looks like he's a crazy guy, but uh, I can answer it up. Oh, the guy's going out at night alone. I can say, Imur Gandarifas Maybe he's been uh, overcome by Ganderifas. What is that? That's a certain type of depression that sits on a person that either causes him to get very hot, and therefore he has to go out and get some uh, air, or it causes him to do uh, you know uh, strange thing like this to walk, and it's a sickness, causes him to, to, to roam the uh, streets. Right? Comes again and says, And when he rips his clothes, I can answer it up. I can say, you know what? Maybe he's a uh, ponderer. Gee, maybe he's so lost in thought. And you know, the guy's lost in thought, so you don't know what you're doing. So he's ripping his clothes out of uh, his, uh, you know, his deep meditation. So therefore, the Gemara is saying, even though he's doing a derech shtut, if he only does one, I can answer it up. However, once I see he does all three, now already you don't answer up anymore. It's similar to a case in Masechet Baba Kama. You have an ox. He gored a shor, an ox, a hamor, a donkey, and a gamal. Now the deen is Now he's considered... Amu'ad, which means already he's prone to gore everyone. So the shitan is, let's say he gores an ox three times. Okay, that doesn't prove me anything. Maybe he just says something with oxes. However, if he gores an ox, a hamor, and a gamal, now already he's a considered mu'ad for everybody because he doesn't show any preference. So therefore, similarly, Navuna says, when it comes to this shoteh, if he does just one of these items, even if he does the same item three times, I'll answer it up. 
I'll say, man, he wants, he's, a, he's a mechashef, he wants to get tuba on, the, uh, on his body. Or maybe he has a depression, even if he does it three times, he's a depression. Until he does it once in three different ways, now already it's too much of a coincidence. And therefore we come along and say he's a shote. Just like the case of Baba Kamad, that if he goes just an axe three times, you don't make him a mu'ad. He has to go to Shor, he has to go to Hamor, and now he's considered a mu'ad. Look at Nashi. Kegon, top line. Shinagak, Shor, the Hamor, the Gavad, the Baba Kamad, the Nasam, Mu'ad, the Kol. Velo Amrin, Adji, Mu'ad, Bishkosha, Bechon, Min, Vemin. We don't say he has to be three times for a shore, three times for a hamor, three times for a gamal. Once already you see that he's not picky. Already he gore three different species. He's not careful, he's not, he doesn't care. This guy also, the three things happen, not a coincidence. Ella must have come because of shetut. So that's the opinion of Ravuna. Amar Papa, Papa says, Ishamiyah leil Ravuna. If Ravuna would have heard, had the Tanya, Ezu Shote, knew a fourth classification of what makes a Shote a Shote. Hameabed kol mashinot nimlo. Whatever you give him, is meabed. You give him an item, he throws it. If he would have heard that interpretation of a Shote, lo hava. Sorry, Shinotim, lo hava hadarbe. He would have retracted. Now they're going to retract it from what? Iba'yilu. Ki hava hadarbe. What does it mean he would have retracted? Mimikaleya kisuto. Hu da hava hadarbe. Didam yaleha. Odilma mikulihu hava hadar. Tiku. The question is like this. Once Lavuna heard the fourth classification, what's the fourth classification? Sure. Whatever you give him, he throws. He would have retracted. So one way it means like this, he would have substituted. Instead of ripping his clothes, he would have substituted for giving him an item and throwing it. And really Lavuna was to say, you need three things. You need to see the guy sleep in the cemetery, walk alone at night, and then give him something and throw it. He would have substituted Mikareya begadav for notnim no davar That's one interpretation, or maybe mikulu, or maybe no. Once already he saw this, maybe this is, you don't need the other two. Maybe it would be enough just to see the guy throw his clothes, throw whatever you can three times without the other two, and it becomes a uh, could be that's a telltale, that's already a telltale sign of a guy, whatever you give him, throws it, that's already the biggest sign of shitut, and therefore maybe Ravuna would be Hosea from his whole shitad, you only three, or no, maybe he just means he'd substitute Mikareya Begada for this, and still you need three, to that, the Gemara leaves it in a Tiku, Baruch Adonai